Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, June the 3rd, 2018, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, your weekend daily dose, weekend daily, no, your weekend dose of happy. That's what it is. I always get confused on the weekend because I'm used to saying your daily dose of happy during the week, but, uh, you know, on the weekend I have to switch it around, but that's okay because it's the weekend. We get to relax, right? You know, we get to feel good. So, David, how you doing? I'm good. I'm a little tired, but it's for a good reason. I actually did a um, a holistic expo today, wow. and I was one of the vendors, you know, promoting my um, law of attraction coaching. And I'm gonna consider it a win because uh, it was great. I I actually did get a few new clients and really, um, wow, yeah, I did a bunch Fantastic. of did a bunch of free mini sessions. So I'll probably hear from a few other people. And uh, it was it was great. And there's there's always other interesting vendors there as well. You know, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of a variety of different types of healers and and different types of coaches and things. So it's always very interesting. So so uh, what like kind of expo next... what kind of expo was this? I mean like was it like new age or what was it? Well uh yeah it's this particular one. Um the lady who runs it she uh there was a fundraiser and she does holistic expo. So at the fundraiser there was this big ballroom and all the vendors in there uh, were some type of self-improvement related or health related or, you know, things like that. Okay. Um, yeah, so like the lady next to me was very interesting. She uh, does past life regression with people. Oh. And that was it. And I was asking her, I mean, I've heard of past life regression, but I was asking her, well, what does that, you know, how does that help someone? So... You know, they remember whatever about a past life. So she was explaining to me that, well, once, you know, once someone remembers something, then it kind of helps them put pieces together in this lifetime. So, um, I mean, I haven't done it, but um, I know that people, you know, a lot of people find it helpful. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard about that or not. But I have, actually. In fact, I met two women who were friends of my sister. Um, and they became friends with her because my sister did research and wrote a play about the relationship between Thomas Jefferson and one of his slaves, Sally Hemings, uh, which was a great big uh, controversy and scandal, really, at the time. Uh, But my, my sister found these two women, and the two women, it turned out, through their past life regressions, discovered that they were close relatives of Thomas Jefferson. One was his sister, and I can't remember what the other one was. But, uh, yeah, it was quite a thing. So, I mean, I'm not quite sure what to make of it myself, but I know they were very interesting to talk to because they themselves were both psychic as well. And uh, one of them, her name was Anne, projected some stuff for myself and my wife that we're still not quite sure what to think of some of it because some of the things she projected were, were like... Raising our eyebrows, like really, <laughs> wow! <laughs> and I, I yeah. won't say just yet what they are, other than to say that uh, um, they haven't t- yet come to pass. So I don't know for sure exactly, oh. you know, how accurate they are or anything. But well, this this particular lady was saying, like for example, like say someone has a fear of flying, mm-hmm. and in this lifetime, 
they never experienced anything that would cause them to have that. But they just have this like really bad fear of flying. And she was in that, you know, maybe in a different life, they went down in a plane crash or they were in a war and their plane got shut down. And, mm-hmm. and that, you know, that could, apparently that could like transfer over into this lifetime. And that's why they have a fear of flying. And apparently if someone were like that and she took them to a, through a past life regression and they discovered that somehow knowing that would uh, make the fear kind of dissipate then you know, now. So, mm-hmm. I don't know it sounded interesting, but yeah. it was interesting to talk. Interesting to talk to, and uh, there was another vendor there who had this mat that you lay on, and there were certain crystals in the mat that kind of do something positive for your immune system. So people were trying to, you know, were testing that out, and there was a massage therapist. So it was it was interesting. It was a good a good day. And I guess there must have been quite a few people coming through if you had some leads come off of it. Oh yeah, there were there were def- I would think there were about five six hundred people. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't talk to everybody. No, of course not. <laughs> but, but, but um, no, it's interesting because I thought, well, because it was a fun. Sometimes when I do a holistic expo, then I know you know a lot of people know about the law of attraction, and I'm going to get a lot of people. Um, but today I wasn't sure cause it, it was like more of a fundraiser and we were just all there kind of, right. you know, with our different things that we do. Right. So right. I just put out the intent, I just put out the intention, you know, anybody who can use my services, you know, who, who wants to use law of attraction to help themselves. That's who I want to attract. Sure. And that's exactly what happened. It Which was really great. cool. Yeah. Very, very yeah, good. And then a, a lady was there with her friends and. Um, I did a mini session with her, and she was like, "Oh my God, I have to have all my friends come over to you as well." <laughs> so next thing I know, like a few other people were waiting to do the mini sessions. It was good. It was very nice. Very, very good. good. Excellent. Well, what yeah, about you? Did you good. have a good weekend? Yeah, I mean, we needed to relax this weekend because um, Louise's gardening business. Uh, this is like the hottest. Uh, part of the season, and by hottest, I don't mean temperature. Although certainly it gets hot. I mean in terms of you know <laughs> yeah. the volume of of things that have to be done. There's there's a big ramp up that happens starting in April and peaking in June, and that yeah. ramp up is is very very challenging to manage. And what made it even more challenging is that uh, the woman she appointed as her assistant manager got injured and has been out of commission for the last couple of weeks. So Louise had to step in and start doing her job in addition to what she does for herself. So she's been really stressed, and I've been trying to help her you know, remove the stress as much as possible and remind her to focus on yeah. positives and all that kind of thing. So it, it's been yeah. a challenging week and uh, a good week in many ways. I mean, the business itself is booming, but uh, just Excellent. you know. Surviving Excellent. it is the hard part when you know you're you're short staff and you need to have the full staff at the most important part of the year. <laughs> so we're doing more hiring, we're bringing more people on board, but uh, you know we're going to get through Excellent. it. And uh, we still have the goal of getting to the point where she doesn't have anything to do. And I'm not sure we'll ever get there because she likes doing parts of it. Um, what, we're, <laughs> what we're really trying to do is to get the stress out. You know, get rid of all yeah. the stuff that you know, is hard to deal with on a regular basis, the stuff she doesn't love doing and, you know, find yeah. other people to do that kind of thing. And, and, and we're getting there. We've made a lot of progress. So it, it's all very right. hopeful, but still when the weekend comes around and plus it's not like, you know, we stop working on the weekend. She and I are still working. I mean, she's, you know, doing her planning and, and a variety of things and, you know, 
handing off bookkeeping to me. I'm doing bookkeeping. It's you know, so so it goes on. But at least on the weekend, we can you know, like today we went off. You you often ask about the open houses. We went to see a couple of open yeah. houses, not because we loved the houses particularly, just to get out of the house, just to get away from it all. And it was great for yeah. that. It was just a nice way to get out. The weather here was gorgeous. I think it was probably similar there in New Jersey. Um, yeah. It was just a beautiful day. And it was just a nice way to get outside. So, yeah, I mean, good things Excellent. happened this weekend. Yeah, it was it was what we needed. Yes. Yeah, one interesting thing I thought that uh, you would find interesting is um, there was a lady who did a free session today. And she was like, oh, my God, I have to get my daughter. She's only 20. But I would love you to kind of tell her about the law of attraction because at her age, it would be great if she could hear about it and start, mm -hmm. you know, even just getting like a basic idea. So, sure. you know, as she gets older, she maybe she'll be more interested. So I said, that's fine. Yes, please get her. So I did like, then I did like a double session meeting with her and her daughter. And it was great because her daughter was at least um, interested in it. You know, she sure. and I just explained some of the basics and gave her a few things to think about. And I thought that was great, you know, that someone who's young could find, you know, could find out about it and at least kind of hear about the basics so they could use it, you know, as they go, grow older. Because they're mm -hmm. so young, they have so much time to find out more about it. And, if you know, if it resonates with them to get into it more. And I just thought that was great that her mom did that. That is fantastic, and and I certainly agree. I mean, the more young people learn about this, the better. Because I wish I had known this stuff when I was that age or younger. Yeah, yeah. So I thought she was a very lucky that. Uh, yeah. You know, her mom, her mom cared that much to. That's right. To do that for her. And, yeah, that is. And I even said good. that. I even said that when they, when we were kind of wrapping wrapping it up, I said, you know, just think about what we talked about today. And just, uh, you know, you're kind of lucky because you're so young, you know, you use this to your advantage and, you know, see see how you feel about it now that you know some things about it. So it was just great. Oh, I think all the co-hosts would agree. I know especially Joel would because he works a lot with young people and teaches mm -hmm. them about the law of attraction. Of course, the young people he's working with are usually kids from broken backgrounds and and foster care and all that kind of stuff who just had really really raw deals handed to them and uh so he, i mean he uses what he understands about it to help them get through their their difficult stuff and turn their lives around with some amazing uh -huh. results as you as i'm sure you know um yes. so but he he'd completely agree with you that uh he'd agree with us that it, it's so great when kids that age pick it up in fact he likes to point out how when you're a kid it's actually no matter how bad your your stuff has been that you've been through it's so much easier to turn things around because you don't have the sheer volume of negative experience that you have when you're an older adult so there's just less stuff to kind of leave behind and you know turn turn your mind around on and he loves the way kids can just turn around practically on a dime he and i have you know talked about that a lot during the podcast um, I mean, just amazing uh -huh. how quickly you know kids will latch onto it, get it, and start applying it instantly. I mean, he had one of his uh, uh, personal success stories with a kid uh, included in the book that we just put out. Um, yeah. And, and uh, anybody who hasn't read the book yet, you know, by all means, check it out. It's available at Amazon. It's called uh, Your Daily Dose of Happy, Real Success Stories of the Law of Attraction 
but uh, just look at your your daily dose of happy you'll find it that way but uh, his story in there uh is called marcus that's not the kid's real name but uh i recommend anybody reading that story because if you hear what that kid went through and then how quickly that kid turned things around it will make you feel good no matter what your own situation is it just you, you read that story and you just feel good inside <laughs> yes 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 so and oh you asked about what's been going on this week another thing going on this week is during the podcast i've been uh, announcing that i want to get the second book worked on wendy is going to play a significant role in trying to continue to promote the first book and i'm going to be uh, already starting to reach out trying to get a second book going because my goal now is actually to do like a series of books kind of like chicken soup for the soul did um that's in fact, great I'd like to get it to the point where uh, I have enough material to work with that I can put out a book a month, you know, so like a, a book of 30 stories every month and, you know, basically turn it into a series that way. It, now, will it, mm -hmm. is there a book coming out next month? No, I don't have the stories yet. <laughs> but I put out there on the podcast that I'm looking for some. And then today, actually, I, I reached out on Facebook. I found some people who had briefly posted about some stories uh, where they'd been successful and I reached out to them, and I've already got two people interested in, in interviewing for the next book. So Very I've already good. started it. I've already started it. And hey. as soon as I've got myself 30 <laughs> stories, that book's going to get published. <laughs> Absolutely. Why yeah. not? Yes. I'd like yeah. to be known as the, the go-to guy for anyone who wants a, a look at the success stories with the Law of Attraction. Mm -hmm. They can always look at my mm -hmm. books. That's that's my goal. Yeah, that's right. And what about any any food? High vibration foods. <laughs> oh, well, Louise, Louise made her, her fried chicken tonight, and her fried chicken Ooh. is delicious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, wow. she's, uh, she's she one of the best in the world. Them? Oh, it was fried chicken, mashed potato, uh, asparagus, a, a sort of a, um, a baked asparagus uh, with onion and, and uh, garlic. and I don't, know, all, I don't know all the stuff that she puts on it, but it's, it's just real tasty. <laughs> And a little cranberry oh, that sauce. Was really oh, good. it was yeah, it was really good, very very good. And we had some really <laughs> delicious ice cream earlier, which you know. <laughs> what flavor? What flavor? Oh, it was double chocolate. <laughs> it was actually double oh chocolate chip. Now that I mention it, yeah, double chocolate chip. Ah, and it's that uh, good. <laughs> there. There are many people who may know the brand. Uh, the brand of ice cream is called Graders. It's a dairy in Ohio. Uh -oh. That is very famous. So famous that um, Oprah Winfrey has Graders ice cream flown in especially to her on an irregular basis so th wow. that's how much it's, it's delicious it's absolutely delicious because yes, well, you must have your favorite flavor flown into you as well yeah well we don't have it flown in fortunately <laughs> we found out that one of the stores locally carried it and it's you know, i mean the price is oh, absorbent okay. but you know we figure hey it's graders you gotta go for it so yeah every <laughs> once in a while we splurge not very often but yeah every once in a while <laughs> That How about you? Very Wait, appealing. Uh, to, to use your phrase, any, say, any high vibration foods this week? <laughs> I would say today at the um, expo, um, one of the booths was a bakery, oh. and but yeah, believe it or not, everything uh, was gluten free, and you know all the good stuff to be free of. <laughs> Makes sense for a holistic fur. Yeah, they had these um, little samples out, and they had these. They call them paleo brownies. Okay. And it, they kind of looked like um, egg-shaped balls, kind of with coconut on the outside. And I took a bite into one, and it was divine. It, <laughs> like, it, it was better than it looked. Like it kind of looked like. Well, I thought, well, it looks okay, you know, before you bit into it. <laughs> 
But then when you bit into it, there's a really yummy, like kind of almost a little bit soft brownie underneath mm. the coconut. Okay. And it was just, yeah, it was just really good. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's really good. Very so nice. Yeah, that was definitely a vibration-raising food, that's for sure. Of course, a dessert again. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. <laughs> but, oh, well. <laughs> hey, we know yeah, you like your desserts. Good. Yes. yes. I mean, I didn't have any, but yesterday I went to a birthday party at a restaurant, and the restaurant, because it was my friend's birthday, they brought him out a very large banana split. Ooh, and wow. we're talking like big with tons of homemade whipped cream and oh my and the, all different kinds of ice cream and i think they it looked like they had put some caramel sauce on top or something i was just like wow that was that was a visually <laughs> a visually vibration raising food i i have to say that that's that's the kind of thing where um i i am impressed whenever i hear about the homemade whipped cream not that homemade whipped cream is terribly difficult but just that most people so don't good, serve though. it. it oh, better. it's so much better. It's it's better than that plastic stuff for sure. And yet, that's what you're used <laughs> to seeing out there, right? So when you have the real thing, oh, the real thing on almost anything is just divine. It's delicious, isn't it? It makes such a nice difference. You can mm. tell. You can oh, tell when yeah. it's real. Just it's like fluffier and just tastes. Oh God! <laughs> you have to do is just put a little dab on your tongue. You can tell the difference from that. You don't need any more than that. Yeah. No, it's it's so good. Yep. So good. <laughs> oh, God. I love when we talk about food. I know you do. I, you get so psyched <laughs> every time. It's really something. <laughs> uh, have so, a what very, are we going to read about today? You have a very happy relationship with food. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Food and I are friends. <laughs> and our friends, right. Yeah, we're continuing our exploration of The Astonishing Power of Emotions, Let Your Feelings Be Your Guide by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And uh, we've been uh, spending a little time now in part two, which is a collection of examples that illustrate what they talked about in part one. And this book is noteworthy because part one is really where they expose and discuss in great detail their metaphor of paddling a boat in a stream as a way of understanding how to use and how to connect with uh, inner being uh, using the law of attraction. Um, the, the general gist of it being, if you are trying hard and working hard, you're basically paddling upstream. If you're just letting go and letting stuff happen, you're, you're floating downstream. And that, that simple analogy, as simple as that sounds, it, it becomes incredibly complicated when you try to apply it in a hundred different ways in, in life. So that's why they have part two, where they lay out a whole bunch of examples of people raising objections and questions and concerns like, well, okay, yeah, but how do I apply it in this situation? Where does it work in that situation? I can't seem to make this work and so on and so forth. So we're working through those examples and we're up to example 10, which ties in very nicely with your experience at the fair because it's entitled i am a teenager <laughs> yes i thought about that actually like oh okay actually i guess she was 20 so she's not she's no longer a teenager but uh nevertheless but she's young yeah, yeah young people teenagers i mean we've all been there and we know what it's like being a teenager and you're, you're still you're, you figured a lot of it out some of it you're still figuring out a lot of it's confusing a lot of stuff that goes on just kind of like makes your head spin and were you one of were you one of those teenagers who thought you knew it all? You know, some, they have that like they don't realize they don't know it all, but they think they know it all. I don't think I ever really felt that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt like I knew a lot, 
but I don't think I really ever felt like I knew it all. In fact, I was pretty sure I didn't know it all. In fact, I was pretty sure there was a whole lot I didn't know at all because, well, first of all, we didn't have an internet. I mean, when you have an internet, now you have much more reason to think you know it all because it's all right at your fingertips, right? You can just, you know, Google it. There it is. Bang. I know. We missed out, which may not be a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't figured that part out yeah. yet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, no, I, I can't say I really felt that. I mean, did you? Did you feel like you were know-it-all? <laughs> I didn't feel like I, – I just had a uh, a strong sense of eventually maybe I would. But I was curious to find out whatever that may be. You know, <laughs> I do know that each step of the way from elementary school up until now, I kept learning new things and thinking, ah, now I've got a better handle on it. And then something would come along and make me believe, nope, I don't have a better handle on it. And then, oh, now I've got a better handle on it. Oh, nope, I still don't have it. You know, so it was one learning experience after another. <laughs> yes. Often yeah. hour to hour rather than day to day or week to week. <laughs> In fact, this past week, actually, I started on Friday. I started a new challenge for myself. I, I'm trying really hard throughout the month of June to catch myself whenever I'm focusing on something that has a negative aspect to it or thinking about it or even worse saying it. And so I'm trying to stop myself. And the routine I'm saying is, whoops, stop. And I literally say this out loud. Stop. I want a better th feeling thought than that. And at the very least. Oh, that's it, great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And at the very least, it, it stops me from you know being on that track. It kind of disrupts it, throws me, you know, derails it, so to speak. And then sometimes I actually get some inspiration, like, oh, well, you know, go here instead. And I, I know on Friday, for instance, there were like a dozen and a half times where I had to do that. Saturday wasn't quite so much, but just because I wasn't doing a whole lot. <laughs> but uh, at least a half a dozen times yesterday and another half dozen times today at least. Um, so it, it happens a lot. But I figure if I can keep doing that for a month and just, you know, constantly be on top of it in terms of nope stay away from that stay away from that go over to it well, i need a better one give me a better feeling thought than that i need something better than that yes you know yeah if, if i can do that for a month it'll, i'm going to be really interested to see what the uh, the result is i think it's going to be really good but i just don't know exactly what it will be that sounds good yeah it does Definitely. doesn't it so anyway like i said we're on example 10 entitled i am a teenager and unlike some of the other uh, passages of this book or even of the other books, this is not so much of a dialogue as it is uh, they lay out what a representative concern is and then Abraham answers it. So there's, there's no actual people here. You have to kind of pretend that there are. So we'll, we'll pretend there's a person asking the question and then we'll, we'll say here's where Abraham's answer is. So this particular person is saying, I'm still in high school. I live at home with my parents and I think I'm a pretty normal kid. My grades are okay, and even though I actually hate school, I have lots of things that I'm interested in and have a couple of really good friends. My parents scrutinize everything I do to the point that they're driving me crazy. I have to get their permission to do every single thing I do, and they always act like I'm doing something wrong or planning on, something, on doing something wrong, and so I not only never feel good when I'm with them, but I actually dread going home. I wish I could just leave home now and live on my own and do what I want to do, but I know that I should finish school and figure out how to support myself before I do anything like that. I wish my parents 
that my parents would just leave me alone. I feel guilty half the time and I'm not doing anything wrong. What's up with them anyway? Why don't they just live their lives and let me live mine? Is there anybody who has not experienced that as a kid? Mm. I kind of doubt yeah. it. <laughs> so, hypothetical kid, we know exactly how you feel. And Abraham replies, we could ask you to stand in the shoes of your parents and try to understand their perspective a little bit, and you might get some of the answers to your questions. But you cannot ever really see through someone else's eyes, and trying to see from the perspective of another is not a good idea anyway, for it only serves to add more confusion to the vibrations within you. Of course, others often do have good ideas that you may want to integrate into your own creative process, but it is much easier to personally sort out the details of life one by one, including the aspects that match your overall intentions, rather than trying in one fell swoop to just live life the way someone else does. That, in a very few words, is what goes wrong with most parent-child relationships. Your parents usually believe that they are much older and wiser because of the life experiences they have lived, and they want you to benefit from the wisdom that they have accumulated over time. Parents are often the first ones to forget that you are the creator of your life experience. Because you and your well-being have been important to them from the time of your birth, they often see you and your life as their creation, and that is where you run into trouble. Truer words were never spoken. Mm, yeah. Yep. And it's not that They're... the parents are, are ill-meaning. They're well-meaning. That's what makes it so difficult. You know, the, the parents do care. The ones who, who are, you know, trying to make their child's lives better, they care. They just don't understand Absolutely. how they're interfering and how that interference is actually holding their kids back. I've learned that personally just from uh, having founded that alternative school that I told you about. Um, it's not that the parents don't care. It's not that they aren't even listening. They are. But there's something about being a parent that leads people to feel like that they are responsible for their children to be certain kinds of adults. You know, a certain kind that you know, fits the mold that the parent has in mind. It's like... It, 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 it's the manual that comes with being a mom or a dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're right. I think they do, most parents anyway, I think they do think that they're doing the right thing and yeah. and that if they, you know, are on their kid and really trying to make sure they do things a certain way, that that's the best thing, but it isn't always. And I think it's also true. I mean, there's no real black and white here. It's also true that many parents do some of it well. They do, many parents do, are very good in some ways at letting their kids be, at letting them follow their own interests, at letting them, not, not maybe not 100%, but to some, some degree, they are able to do that. And to the extent that they're able to do that, that's a good thing. So, I mean, we, we should also recognize that for all the things that parents have to go through, you know, they, very many of them, for the most part, do the best they can. To let go, because I think I think most parents understand. Eventually, you have to let go, and the sooner the better in some cases. But nevertheless, they understand that. So it's not like the, it's not like there's a clear black or clear white here. There's a lot of gray area, but nevertheless, I think it is true that uh, parents do often forget. Just like it says here, they 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 forget that 
this is the life of the kid. And it's the kid who's the creator of their own life experience, not the parent. The parent doesn't create the life experience. So continuing in the book, did you have anything you want to say on it? I mean, I've been kind of dominating the conversation here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that is true. I do think most parents think they are doing the quote right thing and they're doing the best that they know, regardless if it really is the best for the kid. Yeah, I think so. So continuing, it says, through the living of their lives and the watching of yours, they have launched their own desires relative to your well-being and your life. And then they often feel a need to control your behavior so that it matches the vision that they have created of you. If we were visiting with them right now, we would encourage them not to, to do that, and we would guide them back into their own personal vibrational alignment. But... We are not addressing your parents right now. Really? Sure sounded like they were. <laughs> <laughs> I think they kind of were. <laughs> I think they kind of were too, yeah. Um, but it, it, it does kind of reiterate, that last paragraph does kind of reiterate. You know, they, they feel a need, this is what it said, they feel a need to control your behavior so that it matches the vision that they have created of you. That is what parents do. And yeah. it's all well-meaning. Yeah. But it's not always a good idea. So continuing, it says, In the same way that we would want your parents to understand that it is not the job of you, their child, to modify your behavior in order to please them, we are saying to you that you must not ask your parents to modify their behavior in order to please you. Now, that's a thought that almost never comes to a teenager, so that's a good one. Never. <laughs> We know that it feels to you as if it is their behavior that is causing your discomfort. But if you can come to the realization that you do have options about their behavior, then and only then will you discover a sense of freedom right where you stand. But if you believe that they need to change, which they are not likely to do, before you can feel better, then you truly feel trapped. And so the feeling of wanting to run away from it all is certainly understandable. As you begin to reach for more downstream thoughts, you are going to come into alignment with the expansive being that your life has caused you to become. And as that alignment occurs, you will be clear, confident, eager, and happy. These are all things that your parents desire for you. Interesting point. And as you offer those attitudes in greater frequency, your parents will begin to feel better. And they will back off. Well, there's an interesting thing right there. Is that something? Have you ever actually counseled a, a teenager to do exactly that? No. No. The youngest, the youngest person that I've coached was eighteen, and they were already out of the house, and they had a good relationship with their parents. So, mm. it, yeah, I didn't have to <laughs> go there with them. I can't but. say I've ever had a conversation with a kid where that particular approach came up at all mm -hmm. so i think it's safe to say this is not something that gets discussed very often from this and perspective some, some, sometimes i think too i guess it depends on the teenager i don't know if they ever get it what we're talking about now i really don't why do you say that Cause some, some, well because some teenagers are just so they do have that like they're just so focused on they're right they, you know they want to be right Mm -hmm. You know how Abraham, Abraham always says, 
do I be right or feel good? And of course the answer is feel good. But I don't know. I just think some teenagers wouldn't have the maturity to really understand all this. Well, there's also the other would, Abraham phrase. Some would, and some wouldn't. I think it would just depend on the person. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. There are going to be differences. But there's also the other Abraham phrase. You can't get it wrong, and you'll never get it done. And this past yes. week, I, I reversed all that to make it all positives. So you're always right, and the path goes on forever. That's Wait, really. That, say that again? You're always right. You're, you're always right, and the road goes on forever. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> saying the same thing, but in positive terms. Well, you're yeah. always right. That's that's pretty reassuring to a kid who who wants to be right. You're always right. You can't get it wrong. So that that's a great message for a kid who wants to be right all the time. <laughs> if they understood where you're coming from. Well, it it at least raises a question in their minds because in their minds perhaps they're thinking, "Well, I'm not always right." Or people tell me I'm not always right or whatever. So now there's at least a, a basis for a conversation. But it's I'm sure it's going to pique the interest because they'd want to know how it is that I'm always right. Certainly, I, I can't imagine there are going to be too many kids who are going to say, well, I would much rather argue that I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you know, so, so it's going to have appeal on a certain level, I think. And, you know... Yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, it it all comes down to feeling. You know, so it, it's important to want to feel good. But I think it also can be argued that you can get past the I need to be right thing by pointing out you're always right. Your decisions are always uh -huh. right. Now, you may make a decision that produces a result that you don't, you didn't really have in mind, that didn't produce the result you were looking for because your focus was not vibrationally attuned to what you actually had in mind that you wanted to have happen. But that doesn't mean that your your path wasn't right. It's kind of like saying, um, if you want to go from New York to Los Angeles, and you're going to use a GPS, and you climb into your car, and you start driving east, your GPS is going to say, make a legal U-turn. So did you do it wrong? No, you did it right. You followed the GPS. Yeah, but I went the wrong direction. Well, briefly. But you didn't keep going the wrong direction. Otherwise, you would have driven off, you know, the coast. <laughs> no, you, you, you recognize, the GPS helped you recognize that you needed to go the other direction. So you made the right decision. You turned around. And and that really is it. That That's that's the thing that, you're right. I mean, it, it, there would be a little bit of resistance to that because that is not what they're used to hearing. But it would be a completely different message from what they're, what they're used to. And it would yeah. basically bring to the fore the idea, you know, it it isn't so much whether I do a particular thing wrong. What really matters is, am I heading in my overall right direction? And as long as I'm taking steps that feel good to me, then I am. So I can relax about that kind of thing. That, that's a, that's the message that a teenager needs to hear. I think, heck, that's the message most adults need to hear. Right? I mean, how often do you get somebody who comes in for coaching who is essentially... They start off the conversation talking about all the things that are going wrong in their lives. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's you know, right. is there anybody yeah, who needs that. more than that to know that everything they're doing is right? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it right, and the path goes on forever. So relax. <laughs> mm -hmm. And let go of the oars. <laughs> let go of the oars. That's right. 
So let's see. I I absolutely lost my place. Do you know where we are? Yeah, page one eleven and the second paragraph. Oh, now there we you go. May say. Now you may say, but I'm doing all the work. I'm working to adjust my thoughts so that I'm coming into alignment, so I'm feeling better, so I'm behaving in a way that is more pleasing to my parents. And all they're doing is enjoying my changed personality. What about them doing something to make me feel better? <laughs> it does sound like something not just a kid would say. I can imagine adults saying that, too. <laughs> Again, if we were visiting with them, we would guide them toward their own alignment, and we would be reminding them that they really have no control over your behavior. But we want you to understand that when you believe someone else must do something different so that you can feel better, you are truly at a disadvantage, for you have no control over what they do. When you understand that the way you feel has only to do with the alignment of your own thought energy, and you work to bring yourself into alignment independent of anyone else's behavior, now you are empowered, now you are really free. And that just points so nicely to how all of us need the reminder periodically that it it is not up to somebody else to make us feel better. As yeah. a matter of fact, looking yeah. that way is a way of disempowering ourselves, taking the power away from ourselves, because now we're completely dependent on what somebody else decides to do. Whereas if we decide that our how we're going to feel is going to be based on whether or not we get into alignment with ourselves, whether or not we find that good feeling place, which we can all find, then now we're empowered. Now, we aren't dependent upon somebody else's change in behavior. We're only dependent upon our own. But what about the kid that drives a parent crazy? Well, right now they're talking to the parent, to, to the kid. They're not talking to the parent. I mean, the, the, kid, <laughs> the kid who drives the parent crazy, that's the parent raising the problem. Because the kid's not going to raise that one. The kid's not going to say, you know, I drive my parent crazy. You don't get that. That's not what a kid's going to say. <laughs> That's like expecting the parent to say, you know, I'm really not uh, doing a good job with my kid. I I'm just so mean to them. <laughs> That's just not the way the conversation's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the parents on the same thing, though. They also have to get into alignment. Well, they do. They, are. they do. Yes. It works. It works both ways. It's interesting. It does. Yes. Well, it's true for anybody, really. And on yeah. any, I mean, actually, with any of the examples that we're reading in this book, you could just remove all the stuff they're saying and replace it with get into alignment, and you'd be equally correct. Yes. <laughs> right? That is true. That's the, way it, that's the way it is. Okay. So um, let's see. Where were we? Did I get through that paragraph? So we like do not encourage. Yeah. So, so we, we do not encourage. Right. So we do not encourage trying too hard to understand another's point of view. Interesting. We do not encourage... Trying too hard to understand another's point of view. You don't hear that one very often. Yeah, no, you don't. I mean, you hear a lot about understanding the other person's point of view. And and actually, I spent a large portion of my life understanding the other person's point of view. And I could say there's some value to it. Mm -hmm. But they have a slightly different point here. So let's, let's find out what it is. Why don't they want us to try too hard to understand another's point of view, even though that sometimes does soothe you? It's because in many ways our attempt at soothing you is not so different from their changing their behavior to please you. Hmm. And while most people think this is what they really want, it is our desire that you come to understand that under all conditions, that is counterproductive. Hmm. 
Okay. If you become dependent upon being able to solicit improved behavior from others in order to make yourself feel better, you are really going about life the hard way. Well, that's true. That's true. I, that much I can say is definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. It is limiting at best and debilitating at worst. When you understand that you can control the way you feel because you can control the downstream direction of your own thoughts, now you are continually in alignment. Now you consistently feel good. You come back into your own power. Your power of influence is tremendous and you thrive all around. We want to also add that controlling your own direction of thought, which improves the way you feel, is relatively easy, while getting someone else to change their behavior is extremely difficult, if not impossible. So I guess what they, when they said don't try to understand somebody else's point of view too hard, what they really mean is don't try to understand somebody's point of view for the purpose of trying to get them to change their point of view or to change the way they're dealing with you. Yeah. Is that is that the way you read yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, because it's it's well, it said it's extremely difficult, if not impossible. <laughs> so yeah, to get them to change. Parents, I think a lot of parents that's what they do try to do. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, and vice versa. I did that with my parents. Absolutely. I tried I tried to understand their viewpoint for the you know with the hope that somehow that would give me leverage. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did it work? Mm, not terribly well for the most part. I mean, to a certain mm -hmm. extent, I mean, every kid learns to a bit, to, uh, you know, some, some bit, some, some small amount or maybe even a larger amount to manipulate their parents, right? To, to do certain things or say certain things that elicit a desired response. I think all kids learn that to some extent. How successful is that? Well, it, it can vary a bit from case to case, depending on how mm -hmm. much you got your parent wrapped around your finger. But in the <laughs> long run... In the long run, I don't think it's really much helpful either way, regardless yeah. of whether you succeed with it. Because even if you succeed in wrapping them around your finger, that usually leads to other detrimental results. So, yeah. That's the way I see it. Is, it, is that similar to you, different? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Abraham goes on saying, we are going to describe some situations that might occur and your subsequent responses to them. Then we will show you how to make an effort at turning your thoughts more downstream. Okay, so we're going to look at a little teenage angst here. <laughs> you have announced to your parents that you are planning to go somewhere with one of your friends. You know that ultimately your parents will not stop you from going, but you are met with their usual disagreeable sarcasm, not only about your choice of friends, but about your choice of activity. And you think, how do you know what's of value for me? How would you know what's fun for me? I don't think you guys know what's fun. I'm not sure you've ever had fun. Now, while these thoughts are understandable, given the attitude your parents have projected at you, they are still all upstream thoughts. You don't understand my life. You don't give my friends a chance. I don't see you making any effort to understand. Understandable, but still upstream. Do not ask your parents to change so that you can feel better. Try to make yourself feel better on your own. Here's some examples of that. I don't need you to like my friend in order for me to like him. Through my own experience, I've shown myself that he's a good friend. At least you're not actually trying to control my experience. And once I leave and meet my friend, I'll begin to have a good time. I guess I can understand that your motives are good and that you do want what's best for me. Okay, so you're now feeling better. <laughs> 
Well, that would be a miracle if a teenager could really go from there to there, but I guess it's possible. Well, there, it, it's theoretically true. Theoretically, yeah. But you're right. Practically, that's probably not going to happen that quickly. I think what <laughs> what they're trying to do is they're trying to outline what the teenager would be recommended to try to do, not so much yeah. what, they, what they're going to predict that the teenager <laughs> is going to do. <laughs> yeah. And then they give another example of an upstream thought, but I don't think that you have any way of re really knowing what's best for me. That's the upstream. And then they give some more downstream thoughts. But I can't blame you for trying. I'm still going to go. You're not going to try to stop me. Things could be a lot worse. I guess I don't have it so bad. So basically playing the game of what's upstream, what's downstream. In this process, process nothing has really changed in the sense that your parents are still giving you a hard time. And you are still going out in spite of their subtle protest. But because of your effort to try to turn downstream, your vibrations are in a better place than usual. And so as you go out with your friends, you do not feel the usual rebellious feelings surging through you. You feel lighter and freer. And your fun with your friends gets off to a better start. This time you make no negative comments whatsoever to your friend. You do not look back at the house or home or parents from which you have come. You just step into your current experience with a lighter step and you have a better time than usual. And so when the night out is over and you are heading home, you do not dread your return as much as before. I wonder if, what would have happened if I had tried that when I was a kid. I mean, I certainly didn't know to try it. The thought never occurred to me. But I wonder what would have happened. I mean, you, did but you ever try? You, you never tried anything like that, did would you? Would you have even understood that? That's the thing. Like, I don't know if, as a teenager, if I would have understood. The, I think it would have needed depth, more explanation the that they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the way they've explained it in this section doesn't really explain it enough. I don't think. But if if I understood it through enough explanation, I mean, I, I certainly could have understood it if I had just had enough to work with. Um, I mean, if you read part one. If we assume that the teenager read part one, yeah. If I had read part one, I think mm. I could have understood it. I'm not sure I would have bought into mm. it, but I think I would right. have understood right. it. <laughs> yeah, it's more possible, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think whether or not I would actually try it would be what would come before I actually bought into it. I, pro I, I probably yeah. would have tried it first, maybe with like a bit of a dismay. <laughs> you know, skepticism. <laughs> And you know, I'm not so sure this is really going to work, but what the hell, I'll try it. You know, that kind of a thing. And so I probably wouldn't have tried it real well either. But nevertheless, if I had known to try this and had actually tried it, yeah, I, I think I could have understood it. And I think that mm -hmm. I could have been able to evaluate the results too. I mean, let's be honest. It's not like kids are dumb. In fact, kids are really smarter in most cases than their parents are. Not because... Mm -hmm. Their parents are really dumb, but just because generationally, each generation tends to be smarter than the last. And there, I mean, there are a number of authors that have written about this. Um, the effect, it, it's almost as if there is a cumulative library that gets added to generationally. So each generation gets, gets the previous library plus some more. You know what I mean? And that, that's, that's where the cumulative knowledge just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, I think kids could, could understand that, especially today. Could I have understood it back when I was a kid? Yeah, I think I could have, but I would say kids today have a better chance of it just because yeah. they, they have more knowledge now than I had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I mean, if if it, you know, if it was explained in more detail, like you said, they you know they knew about part one and they understood the basics of it all. I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. To summarize, it says it is possible that your vibration has changed so much that your aligned energy affected your parents. That actually would have been if they had wow, said that at the beginning. That that, be that probably would have been enough incentive for me to give it a shot. <laughs> You're right, right. <laughs> says you may find them both true. asleep in bed rather than propped up in the living room waiting up for you. You know, I never had that experience. I never had the experience of my parents, you know, you know, my my dad waiting for me, you know, tapping his foot wondering when I was going to come in the door and then give me a good talking <laughs> to. I that that was that's my because you were the that's cuz you were the perfect teenager. There was Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, actually I, I have to give my parents credit in that case. Uh, because they they were pretty much willing to Trust me and just let me be me in that in that regard, for sure. And that may not be what most people's experience was, but it was mine. So hats mm-hmm. off to my mom and dad. I mean, was it your experience? Did you have your parents waiting for you when you when you got home? No, not like that. <laughs> no. Well, first of all, I was pretty good. And, um, you know, they knew that, you know, they could trust me and all that kind of thing. So. Um, maybe if I was a problem child and they felt they had to do that, but that wasn't my experience. So, mm. you know, if I was supposed to be home at a certain time, I was home. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I could, I could see though, if you, if you do have a child who is more difficult and, you know, you say, I'll be home by X time and sometimes they're not, then I could see, you know, a parent more likely to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't call it necessarily a difficult child. I would call it a difficult relationship. Because a difficult child suggests that it's the child is the problem, and that's not necessarily true. I mean, as they were describing earlier, it can be either way. It, the, the parent can yeah. be the problem because yeah. the parent just doesn't know how to let go enough to let the child live their life and do their own attracting. They want to try to attract that's for right. them. Yeah, it know. could be either way. It, it be could be the one. Yeah. On each situation, yeah. Or it could be yeah. that the parents are very good at letting go, and so are the kids, and it's not even an issue in the first place. <laughs> That's the hard part with these hypotheticals. You never really know because it's it's different. Yeah. Everybody's situation is I mean, different. It's I, not like there's the a idea single... is good. You know, the idea of what they're saying is really good. Oh yeah. You know, that would be great if it, you know if they if a child would need need this would find it and it worked. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea is very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like the sound of it. I do too. I do too. We have about ten minutes left. The next section is, is example eleven. It's not all that long. Should we try to go for it? Well, wait, you didn't finish that last paragraph because you said um, it is possible that your vibration has changed so much that your aligned energy affected your parents. You may find them both asleep in bed rather than oh, right, in the it. living room and whether, up for you. And whether you see any obvious evidential change right now or not, you did feel better and that indicates change and that is enough. Now, that would be a tough one for a kid. Feeling better indicating change. <laughs> That's a tough one for an adult. It was, it was right, a tough one for me as an adult. Yeah, because especially from a, a kid, like that may not be enough, even though it's true, in their minds, that may not be enough for them to feel that this quote worked, you know? Although I have to say, maybe today, I don't know. Maybe actually kids today would be able to accept that better. I'm, I'm thinking about kids in my I family, so. in my extended family. Mm-hmm. And I think kids are a little bit more attuned to, to the power of feeling good. Not that they have a clear understanding so. of LOA, uh, just that 
you know, just from general conversation I remember having with my nephews, my nieces, there, there's, there's more attunement there, I think, than what we had. I think it just shows how generationally so. things are improving. Yeah, yeah. So how many, you have how many um, nieces and nephews? I have uh, three nephews and two nieces. Oh, okay. So not not a very large all, family. They're all. all good kids? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, one of my nieces, I, I have one niece only on my side of the family. The other four are on Louise's side of the family. And the niece mm. on my side of the family is getting married in September. So oh, it's, nice. it's an exciting year. Yeah, she's getting married actually, wow. I believe, three days after our own wedding anniversary. So it's going to be an interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be local or do you have to travel somewhere? Or? It'll be in Virginia. So, yeah, we'll be traveling. Oh, that's pretty... Far, but not. I mean, it's doable. Yeah. It's oh, yeah, doable. it's doable. Are you, are you driving? I don't know what we're doing yet. Well, I don't think we figured that oh, out okay. yet. We may fly down. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I mean, flying might be. I mean, unless you really like driving. I mean, some well, people I, do, I'm, they don't care. I've done a lot of driving. That's not a problem for me. But that's a long trip. I mean, we're it's the, the southernmost area of Virginia. It's, it's Virginia Beach, right near the North Carolina border. So it's uh, it's a fairly, fairly long drive. We're probably talking yeah. 14, 15 hours, something like that. You know, uh, from from where we are in Connecticut, so no, yeah. You're the kind, if you did, you would you would leave really early and try to do it all in one day. Oh, I was always a one like... day person. Yeah, yes, uh. <laughs> and that that that's a rough that's a pretty rough drive, especially you know I'm I'm not like a spring chicken anymore. So 15 hours in a car is a long time right now. So yeah, <laughs> I, there's a, a good chance time. I think we'll fly down. I I wouldn't be surprised if we fly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah we're looking be forward to it. Easier. I think it will be. Yeah. Yeah, but, but to answer your question, I mean, I can't speak for either my nieces or my nephews because I never see enough of them, you know, regularly to be able to tell you, right. you know, for sure. Anyway, but just in my conversations with them, I think they are fairly responsive. Um, to a certain degree, each of them has at least some willingness to hear it. I would say the girls are a little bit more responsive than the, than the boys are. Um, right, but. You know, that's that's sort of par for the course. That's one thing that I've noticed with Law of Attraction in general. I would say probably 80% of the population is female of, of the Law of Attraction population. Mm. That, that, that's my take. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? Am I off? Oh, wow. I never thought about that before. I, mean, um, just... I don't know. I mean, when I went to, and this isn't, of course, <laughs> the only example, but when I went to uh, the Abraham Hicks uh seminar whatever you want to call it i would say there was 50 50 it really was that, okay that, like half men half women but if, you know that was just one thing right um, well because the one that we went to uh, about a month ago was about 80 20 it was overwhelmingly oh, it was. female yeah it was overwhelmingly female mm-hmm. and and i and in the uh the groups online that talk about law of attraction overwhelmingly fav- female huge numbers of female oh, compared to male yeah mm-hmm. i wonder why do you, why do you think that is I I don't know. I mean, I'm hesitant to even offer an opinion on it because anything that I say sounds sexist at that point. And, and I don't really want to yeah. come off as sexist. I, I, I can't say I know. I, I can't say I honestly know. I mean... Do you, think just, do you think women are just more open to these things overall or they have less resistance or not? Or Well, the most I can say is based on what I've seen, more women are receptive to it than men are. But why? Mm-hmm. I don't really. I can't really say. 
I mean, it may have something to do with with uh, the fact that we men are socialized in ways that historically have have separated us from our feelings, and and true application of law of attraction is all about connecting to feeling. But it's not like yeah. men are the only ones who are yeah. separate. Women, there are often women who have uh, similar problems of being disconnected from their own feelings. So it's not like it's a, mm. a clear rule of thumb, you know. So I, I can't say I know for sure. I mean, do you have a theory? Yeah, but I mean, that may well that may be true. I mean, I'm thinking about like overall. I would say I do have more female clients than men clients. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. Maybe there is some something about that. Or maybe yeah, women are more open, or yeah, like you said, maybe they're more connected to their feelings because of how you know, you know, men aren't supposed to be into all this kind of thing. Or <laughs> where I don't know where I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> somehow people, some people do think that. Um, I don't know, but that could be. That could be. Well, I mean, historically, I think where it came from was the typical social role for males and the social role for females. You know, up until about 30, 40 years ago, um, because there were very what, definite the, the roles. Men, the men were what? The men, the men were, were the, the breadwinners. The women were the homemakers. Um, the, it was a man's world. Uh, women were basically second-class citizens, you know, all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. out of that mash of craziness, <laughs> one of the things that emerged <laughs> was boys were taught, you know, boys don't cry. That, that, that was something that was that had pretty much died out by the time I was a teenager. But I remember that from being a little kid. I remember hearing that phrase. You know, wow. Big boys don't cry. Yeah. You know? In yeah. fact, there was a song by that name, Big Boys Don't Cry. <laughs> <laughs> there is, yes. Right? Yes. But I, but I will say, though, that the the men that I've coached have been just as receptive as, as, as the women. So, That's good. Um, I don't know. Maybe Maybe it's just kind of that. Thing that you said that some men are just socialized where it's not manly to be into something like this or i don't know i mean I well don't I, I know for myself all, for myself i definitely did experience disconnect based on socialization i mean i i can definitely point to aspects of my life where i knew that i was trained to ignore my feelings just not not through anything that any particular person taught me. You will, you know, not pay attention to your feelings, but just because right. that was the way it felt. I mean, you you could it was a very palpable thing. Boys were expected to to behave one way. Girls were expected to behave another way. And and I think that's largely disappeared. But I think it did exist, and I know it affected me until I learned, you know, where my power came from. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe just I don't know. Maybe more more women just hear about it. I don't know. That's I don't know. Possible. Well, we'll have to save it for next online? week. <laughs> Are more women online, like, searching around the men, or who knows? I don't know. I can't tell you that. I don't know. All I know is we'll, we'll <laughs> have to save it for next time. It's interesting. It is, but, yeah. we, but we're out of time, so we can't really think about it a whole lot more. Because oh, the music's okay. going to start in about five seconds. But, David, oh, it's okay. been a pleasure. <laughs> Before we I go, I've got to say, lifecoachdavid.com if anyone's interested in coaching. And that's just, I wanted to get that in there. There you go. Dave, it's been a pleasure. Talk to you next week. Okay, well. We'll see you all next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.